you know, there's no better feedback you can get about your child when other people, other parents tell you, oh, your child is so polite. You know, they helped to clean up the dishes or they clear, you know, they cleared the table. That's when you realize you've kind of done something right. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Brewing Company, America's leading non-alcoholic craft brewer. Have you been thinking about cutting back on alcohol, but still aren't sure if non-alcoholic beer is for you? It's time to give dry a try this month with Athletic Brewing, the most awarded non-alcoholic craft beer maker in the world. We all know there is nothing worse than waking up with a hangover and not being 100% present for your kids. But just imagine you can enjoy great-tasting craft brews all night long and still be ready for whatever life throws at you tomorrow. Athletic produces a wide selection of great-tasting near beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Darks, Light Brews, and more. Plus, their brews are fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere. If you're planning to give Dry a try this January, you owe it to yourself to buy Athletic. Right now, new Athletic customers can receive 20% off their first order of two six-packs or more when they visit athleticbrewing.com and use the code ART20 at checkout by March 21st, 2023. What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this guy on. His name is Phil Kogan. Of course, you know him from so many great shows like The Amazing Race and Explore. But we're going to be talking about Tough as Nails on CBS. Another season is going to be uh, approaching. So we're looking forward to chatting about that. But first, I want to say thank you for taking the time. We're going to be talking a little bit about fatherhood. But how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm I'm down in New Zealand. And uh so New Zealand is, uh, you know, they have opposite seasons. So it's summer in New Zealand when it's winter in America. So the weather is starting to heat up. We're getting towards the uh, summer solstice. So, you know, the longest day. And I'm way down in the south of the South Island of New Zealand. So uh, when you're way down there uh, in the summer, you get very, very long days. And I love that. I love the long days. Yeah, me too. Especially like I, I'm, a, I'm more of a cold guy, but like mm. I'm a cold weather guy. But like I love when the days are a little bit longer. You have more time yeah. to do stuff with your friends and family. So I totally get that. You know, I love the fact that your daughter works with you and your wife uh, on different shows and all that. I think that's fantastic. And I love how the passion there is, you know, she's following your guys' lead. And I love it. But when you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Oh, uh, it was interesting because... Uh, we found out with some friends, um, some friends of ours found out that they were going to have a, a child and we were celebrating with them and, and we were out with them at a restaurant and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that was when we got the, the news that we were also expecting. I, I think, um, it would be fair to say I was scared, but excited. I was young too. I was only, uh, 28 kind of a young dad, you know, the idea of being a dad young was exciting, but yeah, I would, I'd have to say I was definitely scared as well. I, I think in a good way. Yeah. There's always, yeah. I think there's so many emotions and so many feelings that you are going to be nervous. You're going to be kind of scared in, in the good way. Cause you want to make sure you're doing, or you're preparing for everything that's going to come, but obviously nothing really can prepare you until that day happens. No. Talk a little bit about, Obviously, like with all the great work that you do, I'm guessing hard work was a value you were looking to instill into your daughter. But talk a little bit about some of the other values. Well, I think um, manners are, you know, I grew up with manners. So 
just being aware of others, you know, there's no better feedback you can get about your child when, when other people, other parents tell you, oh, your child is so polite. You know, they helped to clean up the dishes or they clear, you know, they cleared the table. That's when you realize you've kind of done something right. Thankfully, you know, we have a daughter who is very thoughtful. She's, she's very thoughtful with us, but she's also very thoughtful with her friends. And we talk about that. You know, Louisa and I talk about that and we say that's something that we're really proud of. Not that we're responsible for <laughs> necessarily responsible, but that was something that we kept instilling in her and to see her like that and genuinely care about her friends. And it, it means a lot to us to see that. We love that. Uh, that's such a great answer. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, you got, you, I love the fact that, you know, before we started recording, I kind of did a dad joke about just lottery numbers and being a day ahead and all of a sudden yeah. like being in New Zealand. But like, I always love like when someone says that to my, because I got two dollars, I'm like, oh, I wish he was like that, you know, uh, with us. Right. But, I wish, yeah. Yeah, you always say that, but like you, you when you hit the nail on the head, when you have a teacher or a colleague or something, like, oh, your 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 child is so polite yeah. and, and so caring and like that means like all right cool they're listening and you said like too i love the fact you're like it's not all on me and my wife it's also my daughter right 50 percent, i yes. think is nature 50 percent is nurture and it's yep. just how the child sees the world and obviously the parents are the are the first and foremost of their uh, of you know the, the guides and models right absolutely and i think i think if there's one thing that's really important to teach your child it's it's to be curious you know challenge them to be curious human beings are inherently curious creatures we, we we there's so much going on around us and i think that starts when you with your child and the you know the fact that they ask early on you know why is the sky blue you have to keep nurturing those questions you have to keep questioning them about the world so why do you think leaves are green um you know why things that you know that you can share and impart with your child you want them to be curious for the rest of their lives and to continue to be a, a human being who is questioning everything. We should be questioning everything. Shouldn't We shouldn't be complacent and accept the world the way it is because the minds of the young kids today, they are the minds of change in the future. They're the ones that are going to invent that device, that car, that house that is going to change the world for everybody. They're going to do some amazing operation uh, that we don't even know about. It's in their brain. It's locked in there. But you've, in order to unlock it, you've got to create that environment and nurture that brain to blossom. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. And especially, you know, one of the things that people say about you is like you're the host of, of so many shows that like a, the most well-traveled host, right? So you've seen us so much. You've learned so much probably from your experience from producing a show and just all the stuff that you do and hosting and all that. But I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of introspection of just taking a look at yourself and like all your experiences and all that. You said like question everything. And I'm guessing yes. that's a, it's a value you've learned for so many things, but what is something that your daughter has taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you had, you know, a, a child or daughter. And then like she brought it out of you or she taught you something about life. Um, I think, you know, one thing that I love about Ella, you know, reminds me sometimes to uh, to sort of just be in the moment. You know, ironically, she's of that generation where you think that, that everybody's on their phones. 
well, there's a lot of people that are on their phones, but she's very good at kind of reminding me to just disconnect from, you know, get away from the distractions and just really focus on the moment. She's good at that. She's so we have a family get get together coming up. And for me, I'm I'm wanting to make sure that I remember that, you know, that I really engage with her because life goes so fast. And, you know, my wife and I talk a lot about the stages of life and how it wasn't that long ago that we were at the stage that she's at. And we remember our parents then who are our age now. And then now our parents are at that where our grandparents were and you realize it's going so fast. It's, it's like you wake up and we we're back here uh, at a place that we were at a year ago. And it feels like maybe last month we were here and it's a year. Time goes so fast. And so she's really taught me anyway, to, to value the moments that you have with your family and to, to be in that moment. And I need reminding. There's no doubt about it. I need reminding because I am, I, 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 I do get very engrossed in my work. I'm, I, I get right in there. <laughs> uh, no, so. no, but that like, you know, the, the adage, like the, the days are long, but the year is short, right? The years are short. And that's so true. Especially when like, yeah. I think, you know, get, you know, I'm glad that your daughter has kind of taught you to like, you know, live in the moment. Right. And I think sometimes yeah. I wrote an article about how Facebook memories is such a gut punch. Like I just got oh. something recently about uh, 10 years ago, like my daughters are 14 and 12 and it's like 10 years ago. And it's like, we're decorating the tree and they're so little. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, that you're so right. Uh, those, those reminders sometimes are, I almost don't want to get them. I almost don't want to be reminded that life is going so fast because I don't want to be panicked that I'm sort of sad as well. You know, that it's what we all grow. It's what we all have to deal with in life is that relevance. And that relates to parenthood as well, where your relevance to your child at two and four is very different from your relevance to your child at 12 and 14, you know, and there's this part where your child is trying to pull away at a time where you're trying to latch on and look after them and protect them in their teens. And you realize you've got to kind of let them go, but then you want to protect them. And then you just hope that as they continue to pull away from you, that they'll eventually do a U-turn and come back to you and want to be a part of your life again. Because we all did it. You know, we all think about it now. We think we wanted to, we wanted to go to parties and, you know, it was about, going to your first big party or having your first beer or, you know, your first job, you're driving the car by yourself, getting your license, being independent, all of these things that you wanted. And then hopefully you come full circle and you're like, oh yeah, but I really want my family too. You know, I, so thankfully we have a daughter who is very much about family, friends, tradition, uh, ritual, so thank thank God, because, you know, I know other parents have really struggled with having that connection with their child when they get into their 20s. And then, you know, our daughter's going to be 27 soon that they go and they don't sort of come back. And that must be heartbreaking for yeah. parents. 
Yeah, one of the things I remember, you know, you were mentioned uh, before we started recording, like, yeah, it must be a Star Wars geek. I'm like, yeah, I got a got the chance to interview Mark Hamill, and he said the most rewarding thing is that my kids are still friends with me and they still want to hang out, even though they're like you said, they're in their twenties and thirties. And that yeah. for me, like that's one of my goals. That's like my dad one of my dad goals yeah. being like, all right, I want to make sure that they know I care. And I want to make sure that when they get out and do, you know, do whatever they want in the world, they come back and hang out with my wife and I, you know? <laughs> so Well I think he, I think it's really smart. I think also that you and your wife think about creating the environment that your kids and their friends can come to, like a safe place. And so we tried to create that safe place for our daughter with the idea that I would rather, we know they're going to go out, we know they're going to party and all of that stuff, but I would rather it was happening under my roof and where I kind of knew where everybody was and, and, and that everybody felt safe where, where we are, though that they, if they would want to come to her house because they knew that they felt safe. And so those relationships you have with parents, other parents become more and more crucial as your child gets older, because you, you, you really need to rely on each other to keep a tab of your child and their child. And you, you're covering each other. You're watching each other's backs. Um, just like the old time days, you know, where in the village, you know, someone would be looking after <laughs> the kids when maybe, you know, the other, when the parents went out somewhere, but it was like a community, right? You create your own little village. It takes a village to raise a child, right? <laughs> it sure does. And yeah. so we, we put a lot of effort into creating that safe space for our daughter. And then in, inadvertently that became the safe space for our daughter's friends. Love it. I, I love it. One more question that kind of bleeds into uh, just your great work. And we're going to obviously focus on tough as nails. Your daughter works with you. How do you kind of create, how do you work the balance of obviously father, daughter, but then also, you know, co uh, colleague on, on a TV show? Like how does that kind of work? Well, to be honest with you, our daughter has, is the one that has set the boundaries at work and then in our personal life. We didn't ever discuss with her how it was going to work. She kind of set the or made the uh, laid out the ground rules. Uh, she calls us by our first name in emails and on location and anything to do with work. She calls us by our first names. And she's the one that has the ability to really separate work from personal stuff, she takes it very seriously. And I'm really proud of her for the way that she's done that. And because of that, there are absolutely no issues. And to be honest with you, we were a little surprised that she ended up in television. We we would have loved the idea, but we didn't really know that that was something she was interested in. And until later, until towards the end of college, uh, after graduating, she indicated that that's an area that she wanted to get into. And the, 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 the strides that she's, made in television she's done all on her own she purposefully does not tell people that we're her parents you know if they may know us because she doesn't want to ever be judged by us she wants people to judge her for her so um i'm very proud of the way she's done it and there's absolutely no issue at all with her there's no uncomfortableness and 
she really has found a way to separate the two, the personal life and the work life. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. And I love hearing that. And, you know, it's just, I love when you can kind of, you know, one of the things that, not that like the last name or whatever, but I think parents want to ca carry on the legacy to like, hey, this is what I learned from my parents or grandparents. And I want to, you know, nurture this to you and you can take it on if, if you want. But I love the fact that your show on uh, on CBS, Tough as Nails, is inspired by your grandfather. And, you know, people kind of know about that if they follow the show and all that good stuff. Talk a little bit about this season and what fans can expect uh, from this season who are obviously fans of the show. Well, we've been off for a little bit, uh, you know, because I think it's been a year since the end of last season. And so it's always nervous. I'm always nervous, you know, if there's a bit of a gap because we built quite a lot of momentum the first three seasons. Uh, it was one after the other and we got a following and you'll know just how hard it is to get a show to work. It, uh, how many shows come along and they're on for a few episodes and then they're gone. If not before the end of season one, certainly a lot disappear. I think it's something like over 80% of new shows never make it past season one. So it's very difficult to get the right cast, the right format people to care this way more choices than there's ever been before. But for us, our focus has been on heartfelt stories and real people. We both come from working class people, proudly so, coal miners, gold miners, builders, mechanics, people who work with their hands, farmers, fence builders, uh, and dairy farmers, you know, all kinds of background that are all working class people. And my grandfather, he was one of the brightest people that I've ever met, but he got pulled out of school at 12. He got, had got a scholarship to go to a high school because he was top of his class and he wasn't able to go to this to take this scholarship. And so he never got a high school education. All his knowledge in life was gained by him reading books and being a curious human being. And like I said, so well read and so knowledgeable, not just from being book smart, but also just the world around him and fixing things. And so for me and my Christmas holidays and to be able to go and spend time with him, our Christmas holidays is like the summer holidays of America because we're opposite seasons. So we get that long two month break. Um, I spent so much time with him side by side, working with him, seeing how he does jobs, how he prepped a job, how he worked with tools, what his work ethic was like, always finishing a job with a clean workbench ready for the next job, teaching me the principles of what hard work is about. He had three sheds in the backyard. He could fix anything we do. He, he'd be like, you know, I've got an old pump from an old washing machine. It's in the third shed. I'll go get it. He'd go get that part or an old handle from something that he'd refashioned to use something for something else. And my grandparents came through the depression, so you didn't throw anything away. And so also just the value of a dollar and the value of anything that had any value, like you just didn't throw things away. And so I think those qualities that he instilled in me, it just always irked me when I, it, when I would hear people talk down about somebody who was working class being uneducated or not being smart 
because maybe they didn't get a chance to go to a, get a tertiary education. It just really irked me. It's like, you have no idea what kind of knowledge these people have, what they can do, how valuable they are to society. We need brain surgeons and dentists and doctors and people who are highly skilled and go to get a tertiary education because we don't want, <laughs> don't want a guy operating on our brain or a woman who doesn't know what they're doing. But we also need people who can come and fix the toilet, make sure the light's on, make sure the roads work, make sure infrastructure works. And these are smart people. <laughs> and so that's really what Tough as Nails is about, is honoring the every person, the the real people in real life who are real tough. And the people that wake up like my grandparents did. My other grand, my grandmother worked in a factory. Other one was a hairdresser. My grandfather, another grandfather was a carpenter. They woke up year after year, day after day before the sunrise, worked so hard. And so it's about, yeah, honoring those who came before me, who gave me opportunities and so many people who are out there in the world doing the hard yards, doing the hard stuff, who are not scared of hard work and not scared of getting calluses on their hands or getting their hands dirty. So, yeah, this is what this show is really for those every people. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. And I think there is that nod, no matter what. I mean, I know it might sound cliche, but I think during the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, thank the frontline workers and the people who are at the grocery stores, people who are driving trucks to get different products to different places around the country or world or whatever. And there, and I, I don't want to lose sight of that. Like, And I think this show, I think one of the appeals, like you said, of the show is just the fact that it shows that just because someone's in this job doesn't mean they're not intelligent or right. they, don't, they didn't have a chance for that. And I love that. I think more and more you you have a respect for people because like you said someone might not know how to do plumbing but someone that you hire obviously knows what they're doing and they'll probably could you know talk circles around exactly what they're doing and you'd have no idea so i love the fact that you put the spotlight on people who are definitely truly hard workers yep from tough as nails to amazing race and explorer like how long you know you mentioned like a show sometimes doesn't get out of its first season but with you and the success that you've had on the different shows you've worked on and help produce and host from start to finish, like how long, I know it probably depends on each project, but from the iteration, from the idea that like the time you have the idea to the actual, like, all right, let's shoot the pilot. How long is that take? Or is it just dependent on each project? It really is dependent on each project because, you know, tough as nails was a decade long passion project. It took forever. You have different executives that uh, we had different executives that we were answerable to at the network and, some executives could see what what our vision was and others couldn't and and that's not a, 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 anything against them it's just you know they didn't see that it had the potential and by the way it's not like we walked in and said you know this is a guarantee because like i said 80 percent, more than 80 percent of shows fail so when somebody walks in with an idea if they judge it to be something that they don't think is going to work, there's a good chance that they're right, you know, because 80% of projects don't work. So, um, yeah, that was a long, long journey for us, getting Top as Nails up and running. And then we had somebody who was in a position to be able to make a decision to give us a shot, and we tested it. Uh, we did a number of presentations going all the way back to 
gosh, the first reiteration, the first spark of this idea was in 2006 and 2008, we started pitching 2010, 13, 17. We did a, we cast it 19. We did a test and then 20, we finally got it on the air. So yeah, it's a long, long journey, but you know, I think tough as nails is a, a different show. It's not celebrity based, you know, celebrity sells. It's a lot easier to sell something with celebrities. If you say, yeah, I've got a show with all a bunch of celebrities and you've got them locked in. You've got a pretty good shot at selling a show with celebrity. If it's a show that's maybe uh, a reiteration of something else, like dancing shows sell, singing shows sell, making baking shows sell, cooking shows sell. So when you when you're selling something that's sort of got an insurance policy, meaning like you know how well Idol works, you know how well the voice works. This is a this is a singing show that's got these celebrity hosts and it's got this this and this and this. It's kind of like you got a bit of a built-in security or insurance policy. But if you come along with something like Tough as Nails, it's like th that hasn't been done. The risk is much higher because then, as much as we think it's going to work, nobody knows. It's really a shot in the dark, right? It's really a gamble. So it makes it harder, as Malcolm Gladwell says, anything new and different is most susceptible to market research. And it's so true. I'm paraphrasing, but it's so true. Like something new comes along. People are more he hesitant to just accept that it's going to work because they've never maybe seen it before. Yeah. So appreciate yeah. you saying that. One more question before we uh, finish off with the fatherhood quick five. So for you, just, I mean, your, your resume is, is legit and long and, and really cool, but is there one show or one moment that you that stands out that you're not like, like the best or the most, like, or your most favorite, but is there one that like always, like you always go back and think about that particular show or episode in your, in your great career that you're just like, I am so proud of that moment just because of where, what happened or what it inspired or who was affected by that in a positive way. Well, I've had a few, <laughs> um, I've had a few moments that have really like where I've got like uh, goosebumps and, and where I feel really lucky to be the person that's standing in that moment, being a part of that moment. Definitely season one of Amazing Race, Central Park, Bethesda Fountain, uh, 2001, cold day, got these, uh, 11 teams of two lined up in front of me and I'm about to start them on this race around the world. I definitely had goosebumps and I, and I was like, wow, how, I mean, I'm from this little place in, in New Zealand, come to America and here I'm hosting this show That's definitely a goosebump moment. And then, then the, the very first day of tough as nails after a more than a decade long struggle to, to get that show happening and I'm standing waiting for the teams and their the uh, contestants and they walk in and I just started like involuntarily crying because it was just all this emotion of like just the struggle and years and years of pushing and late hours and hours and hours of work and 
And it was like, all of a sudden it's just happening and I'm in it and I'm, and I'm sort of driving the, it, it felt, it feels, it felt so right. And so like it was meant to be, but it was sort of also like, don't take this moment for granted because of what it took to actually be here right now. And so it was just like tears, good tears, not yeah. like upset, just like, ah, like the relief of like, thank God we like finally get to, and, and I say to them, tell America a little bit about what you do for a living. And it's, you know, that just that moment, very powerful. It was very powerful. You, do, you don't get those moments, those poignant moments in life that often. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. And again, uh, kudos to you for just the persistence of keeping that show and keeping that dream alive and being able to, you know, honor all the hard works, but obviously the inspiration uh, from, you know, your earlier generation, like your grandfather as well. Love it. And and again, it kind of goes back to like, you know, parenting. It's like, why are you crying? Daddy? Oh, no, it's happy tears. It's happy tears. I'm just enjoying yeah, the yeah. moment right now. So just emotion. It. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's a good um, emotion. <laughs> now we're gonna finish. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you very much. We're going to finish off the father quick five favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? I'm going to say Bridesmaids. Um, okay. I uh, also because uh, Christian Wig reminds me a lot of my daughter okay. um, and it's just so, and I love Melissa McCarthy and it's just so silly and funny. And the scene with them fighting over the, uh, over the microphone at the wedding and the scene on the plane, uh, <laughs> the terrible scene in the, and the bride with the bridesmaids dress. I, it's just as a family movie, I think if I had to just pick one movie that we're all going to sit down and I know everybody's going to laugh and everybody's going to have a good time, it would be Bridesmaids. Love it. Was there a band or an artist or a musician you couldn't wait to introduce your daughter to? You know, I I regret to say that in a way, she's introduced me to more music than I there have. There you go. That's awesome. Her. Okay, so let's flip the script. What like what you... band or artist you're like, hey, this is really good. <laughs> now it's on your rotation. <laughs> um. I, I think uh, our daughter took us to Coachella back in 2000 and I think it was 18 okay, or 19. And, um, and Rufus DeSaul, uh was a band that um, I'd, I'd heard the music, but I didn't really know them. And I think her, I love them, by the way. They're, I, I think they're just, amazing i love their story and we recently went to their concert with l and her uh boyfriend and and louise and i and l and her boyfriend so yeah i'm gonna say our daughter has done my daughter our daughter has done more to introduce me to music than i have for her but i i i i, I will say i will say that back in the day when i had one of those ipods and I had my 5,000 songs. It was loaded with 80 songs. And, and my daughter got into listening to all my 80 stuff. So to this day, she'll hear a remix of an 80 song and she'll, she'll know it, you know, like a Billy Idol song yeah. or, uh, you know, like a Millie Vanilli song or something. And, awesome. uh, uh, and, and she'll know it because she listened to my playlist. Nice. I like that. And again, you travel a lot, so maybe it's a staycation, but describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? 
Well, our favorite time of the year is Christmas. It's family. We've been going to the same place with family for over 30 years. Elle has been a part of that ever since she was three weeks old. This will be our 27th time gathering with our daughter and family in the same place. It's about uh, barbecues and wine and laughing and dancing and uh you know, listening to uh, old records. We have a, a record player. We've got a couple of records there that get played over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like just heaven. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> nice. And uh, for you, maybe growing up, did you have a favorite show of all time? Like growing up, like what was your favorite show? Well, being, you know, really young, I didn't have a TV until uh, I went to boarding school. But the one show that I um, gravitated towards when I was young was The Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> and um, the the inspiration for my, I, my raised eyebrow on uh, <laughs> on Amazing Race comes from from Lee Majors, comes from, and for those people who don't know who the hell Lee Majors is, he was like one of the biggest stars in the world. Yep. If Burt Reynolds was the biggest movie star, Lee Majors would have been the biggest TV star. He was married to Farrah Fawcett for a while. He, extremely looking, good looking guy. And coincidentally, when I turned 40, I met him at the Kentucky Derby and I invited him to my 40th birthday. and. <laughs> We've sort of stayed in touch ever since. And the other day, he reminded me that uh, that I stole the eyebrow from him, <laughs> and uh, and and then said, "And by the way, The Rock has also credited me with his eyebrow from getting it from me as well." <laughs> so both The Rock and uh, and I apparently <laughs> stole Lee Major's raised eyebrow. The that is amazing. Eye. <laughs> so many for us just meeting like the actor who played in your favorite TV show, talking about eyebrows, talking about all that good stuff. And he came to your party. I love that. So good. Yeah. And <laughs> and lastly, top three words you hope your daughter would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Uh, top three words. I, hopefully reliable, <laughs> for sure. Nice. Uh, reliable. R reliable or dependable. I'm not sure whether the better word is. Meaning I just like her to know that I'm I'm always there for her. Um, uh, curious, nice and hardworking. I don't know if that's one word. Hardworking. No, no, Maybe we'll we put one. the yeah. hyphen right there. Yeah, we'll give that to you. We'll give that <laughs> nice. I love those three words. And again, thank you so much for your time. People, make sure you follow Phil on Twitter at Phil Hogan, and also check out. I love your Instagram handle, Philiminator. Check that out. And of course, check out his show. Uh, on CBS Tough as Nails. Again, thank you so much for your time. I wish you and your family continued success and a great holiday, sir. Yeah, you too. And I uh, appreciate it. And um, I hope I hope you have some good time with your, your kids over and, and family over the Christmas break. Thank you. Appreciate it.
want to thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And I also want to say a big thank you to this week's sponsor, Athletic Brewing Company. Whether you're looking to cut alcohol for life or just a night, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be healthy, active, and at your best to enjoy a great beer. Go to athleticbrewing.com and check out all their great beers. And while you're online, go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because I'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.